Good morning, everyone. We have been thinking about heaven and considering some of the things that will take place there. And I want us to think about the terrible things that are happening on earth at the same time as these wonderful things are going to be happening in heaven. And if I can use the expression, the highlight um, of that uh, of that day, of that heavenly scene, will be the marriage of the Lamb. And we're going to think about that in a minute. But as God has a plan, Satan has a plan. And it would seem to me that this pandemic, whether originally originated intentionally or accidentally, is a perfect platform for that plan to begin to come into play. His plan, you see, is for his man, the beast, the man of sin, the son of perdition, as the Bible calls him, to occupy the place of universal dominion. That satanically inspired evil person and his false prophet will ultimately demand the allegiance and worship of all the earth. We can see that coming. Satan prophesies, sorry, scripture prophesies that he will be installed in the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem and set himself up as God. He will also be in unholy relationship with the false harlot church, which I believe will be an evil mixture of so-called Christianity and probably other so-called faiths. It's rather interesting, isn't it, to observe that our Queen is defender of the faith. But I'm led to understand that her successor has already declared he will be defender of the faiths, plural. Long live the Queen. Incidentally, when people say, if that's Christianity, I don't want it, it probably isn't Christianity. It's most likely the seeds of that which will ultimately be in cahoots with Satan's man. But that's what will be going on here on earth during those days of great tribulation and that which the, the Lamb, as he opens the seals and pours out his judgments, will deal with. Whereas true Christians will be in heaven with the Lord, as we've seen. And that's what I want to direct our attention to this morning. I've been trying over the months to encourage you to read the only book that tells us the things we need to know about the future. That is our Bible, of course. If you have some knowledge of this precious and totally reliable book, I'd like to cast your minds back as far as Scripture reveals to God's eternal plan. That plan has at its centre his delight and design for the pleasure and glory of his Son, the Lord Jesus. He tells us that before the foundation of the world, he had an eternal purpose to give his Son a bride. You'll read all about it in the book of Ephesians. Then I would like you to come with me to the furthest point of the future that Scripture reveals to us in Revelation chapter 21. The first nine verses are a brief insight into what eternity is going to be. The day of God. Future eternity, if we can use such an expression. But you know what I mean. What do we see? A bride adorned for her husband. Isn't that wonderful? So past eternity, if you like, God's plan to have a bride for his son and future eternity, if you like. Uh, these are expressions that, uh, that we can't really fully grasp. A bride adorned for her husband.
Between those two eternal scenes, of course, is the creation of the heavens and the earth and all the things relating to time and humanity, etc., etc. But more significantly, the coming into the world of its creator, the Lord Jesus. And even more significantly, the coming, the purpose of his coming to deal with sin and my sins at Calvary in order to secure for himself a bride, as we've seen. Christ loved the church, the bride, and gave himself for it. Well, the marriage takes place in heaven, which is what we've been thinking about. The marriage will, be take, will, take, will take place at the very time such dreadful and fearful events are taking place on earth. Revelation 19 tells us about that blessed occasion of the marriage of the Lamb. And that expression is rather beautiful, isn't it, when you think about it. The Lord Jesus, the bridegroom, is portrayed as a lamb, which of course speaks of him as being sacrificed. In context, he is lovingly and willingly being offered to purchase his bride. Scripture says Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. There isn't a great deal of detail revealed about the marriage, but it does say this. To her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine linen is the righteousness of saints. Literally, it's the righteousnesses of believers. In other words, those things we have done as lovers of Christ for him down here out of genuine love and devotion to our Saviour. Isn't that beautiful? On that wedding day, that marriage day, she will be arrayed in those things that you and I as believers in the Lord Jesus have done for him, out of love for him, for his glory. What a beautiful thing. May the Lord just bless us as we think about this glorious future and the intimacy and affection that will fill heaven and be our eternal experience. God bless you.